Today, we talked to an e-commerce veteran who has sold over $150 million online and exited 17 brands. He has some very unique strategies that have helped him along the way that I would say 99% of sellers aren't using. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Are you a YouTube vlogger, blog writer, course creator, or other kind of influencer or educator? Maybe you just have a network of people interested in e-commerce. Did you know that you can earn commissions of 25% for life for everyone that you refer to Helium 10? We've got many partners earning hundreds, even thousands of dollars monthly in commission from Helium 10's partnership program. If you'd like to join our affiliate partner program, please go to h10.me forward slash crush it and tell them you heard about it from the podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I'm your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. We've got one of the most serious sellers out there, serious as far as the numbers he's done, not so serious as far as his sense of humor goes. But uh, Sean, how's it going? Man, it's going well. So glad to be here. Thank you. I'm humbled to be on your show, Brad. Well, it's great to have you. You know, we, we just recently connected. You know, I met you out at the uh, uh, at a conference in Mexico, and this guy was throwing out hundred dollar bills to people who were paying attention. I'm like, no, that, that's what I've been missing. That's why uh, I, you know, why people keep dozing off in my uh, uh, in my talks when, when I go places because I'm not giving them incentive enough to uh, to stay awake here. So I was like, I want to bring this guy in the podcast. We're not gonna, you know, give your whole um, you know, a presentation here that, that was pretty high level. And you also spoke recently at the elite, but I wanted to focus a little bit on your journey because it's pretty impressive. And then we can talk a little bit about some of your strategies, which I personally think are, are fairly unique, you know, things that I haven't really heard, uh, that, you know, in the mainstream, uh, a lot of, you know, Amazon and Walmart sellers are really focusing on. And, and that's what this podcast is all about. It's like, Hey, we want to, there's not just one way to, to have success in e-commerce and we want to get a wide variety of strategies that that work for different people and and that might work for some might not work for others but you know we can make the decision at the end of the day once we get all these strategies so first of all let's just let's just uh start from where you were born and raised uh sounds like uh uh from your accent uh london uh i take it is it or <laughs> you're close uh south africa no actually i've come from central indiana right outside yeah. of indianapolis indiana racing capital of the world but i'm pretty well traveled I've been blamed for being uh, Texan and uh, uh, Tennessean and all all sorts of things. So it's called a lazy tongue, Bradley. <laughs> okay. Now, you did you go to uh, college out there too, or did you move around? Uh, we moved around quite a bit uh, when I was growing up. I started my first business when I was in high school, 16 years old. And so, you know, that was pretty much, uh, uh, um, <laughs> there was a lot of turbulence, I guess, was the best way to put it in my teen years and my early 20s. So we did a lot of well, moving What around. was that first business? Well, while I was in high school, I uh, I started a business importing fresh cut flowers from South America. And, okay. you know, it, it took me a little while after I saw a couple of uh, movies about Pablo Escobar, why every single time my fresh cut roses come in from Columbia, South America, that U.S. Customs had to go through them all to make sure, you know, there wasn't any coffee hidden in the roses. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, n- nothing, not, not, nothing extra in those imports. You got this sixteen-year-old uh, uh, drug dealer, I guess. There, like from uh, <laughs> thinking there. Okay, and then um, high school ended. What, what, what was your route uh, right after that? 
Well, so what I did is I uh, I went to high school for about six years, actually, because my business was pretty demanding on my time. And I'd already had two or three employees that I'd hired. So I got to the point where it was kind of funny. Uh, last couple of years of high school, I was only doing three classes in the morning. And then I go uh, take care of my business in the afternoon. So um, that's why I said it was pretty turbulent, but it taught me a lot, you know, face to face, person to person, belly to belly sales. It's just great sure. training for anyone who wants to be in business. Okay. And then did you, did you go to college after that then? No, actually I skipped that route and uh, like started it. hiring all my friends from high school. And, um, you know, since then I've, I've never looked back. I've always created the, the value out there and, and been paid well for it. Had a, I have to tell you about my only job though. We can't leave this mm -hmm. one out. Um, I thought you read the book though, Bradley. You didn't read the book that we just put Not out yet. in February? Not <laughs> yet. Okay. I, I tell the story in the book, but basically I got a job. Um, at 16 years old, working at McDonald's of all places, the only job okay. I ever had. So I put in a total of 16 hours in two weeks. And when I got my check for about $80, including the bonus, I was able to use that to go out and buy my first round of fresh cut flowers from a local florist. And then just started going up the the chain, going uh, eventually making it right to the growers in, in uh, South America. And that's when I started importing and wholesaling the flowers. So it was a tremendous journey at the time. It seemed like it uh, took forever, but looking yeah. back, man, it was just like, you know, lightning. Now, how, how, uh, and when did you, was your first entry into, e uh, you know, the e-commerce world, not necessarily Amazon, but whatever, uh, yeah, uh sure. on the internet. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny. It was in, uh, 2000, um, 2005, I had discovered, I mean, I, I'd been in the internet, don't get me wrong, but the first time I made a sale online, I basically built a website for a product that I discovered um, online. It was a it was a UTV, like a side by side. You know, they're super popular now. A what? You go back a UTV, a side by side, like a like a Rhino or a you know, it's like a like a ATV vehicle, but it's with a steering wheel. It's called a side. Oh, okay, by side. okay, okay. I got Come you, on, man. <laughs> they don't have hey, those. In I'm not. I'm not into the the outdoor <laughs> things. I just stay in my my studio pretty much all day. I don't know. I don't know what anything is outside of my office. Well, I identified the opportunity, so I used an old software called Front Page Editor for Microsoft, which doesn't oh, even exist. Oh, man, that brings a blast that? on the past. I haven't heard that word in 20 years. Yeah. My goodness. Yep. So I used Front Page, and I created what would be equivalent, Bradley, to an electronic business card with a giant toll-free number. Ugliest website you've ever seen. And that was my first uh, round with e-commerce. So basically, I said, here's the product. Here's the price. Call to order. My phone started ringing crazy, and uh, you know, eventually we were selling this six thousand dollar product over the phone via Google Ads and a website, and that's really how I started doing e-commerce. Okay, and then, and then you know we'll, we'll fill in the gaps a little bit, but but fast forward, you know, now now twenty twenty two, like how how much revenue have you generated uh, from online sales from from that first uh, that first venture to now? <laughs> yep. Great question. So I stopped counting when we sold our last brand that we owned, which was in April of 2020, right in the midst of uh, COVID, of course. Uh, when I sold that last brand, we stopped counting. We were $153 million in, in revenue of my personal products. Okay. And, th and that's just like in sales or that includes revenue from the sale of your different brands and businesses you've started? No, that, that's sales. Sales. Okay. Um, yep. Excellent. Excellent. Now, what was the most interesting you know, obviously we're going to talk about Amazon and, and, you know, Shopify we'll and things, but what's the most interesting online business that, that you had other than the, the UTV there? So, so what were some other interesting non-Amazon and non-mainstream things that you, you've, you've been into? 
So this is hilarious, and it's actually in my book, which I'm about to grab a copy and uh, get a little cameo in there, and you're going to love the story. Okay. So <clears throat> I come across a product. It was called a miracle heater, an infrared heater claimed to heat you know a thousand square feet for about a dollar a day in electricity. So I built a, a quick website. At that point, I think I upgraded to Dreamweaver. <clears throat> this is probably 2008. Yep. I created I a website. I took some college classes in that too. You're bringing back all kinds of memories. <laughs> yeah, way back, way back, man. Um, way back when you had dial-up modem still, you know, you'd be like, hey, mm-hmm. could, you, uh, could you sign off AOL so I can make a phone call? <laughs> no. Yeah. But You're you aging remember. yourself here. Yep. S- Steve Case had it figured out for a while, didn't he? So <laughs> basically, I created this website. And I had an idea, Bradley. I wanted to sell this product that I'd seen these other marketers selling in a face-to-face environment locally. And I tell this entire story in chapter one. And I I saw this product and I'd always been attracted to demand, not really attracted to, you know, software or proven out sales. If there's a demand for a product, I know I can tap into that demand instead of trying to create the demand. So what I had done, I I, I saw this advertisement in a local newspaper about a, a miracle heater, this small you know, uh, unremarkable looking space heater. And the claim to fame was save, cut, cut your energy bill 50%, save money on heating and heat a thousand square feet for a dollar a day. Now okay. I didn't go to save it to save money on my heat. I went because the advertisement spoke to me, you know, I've been in marketing my entire adult life. So uh-huh. I thought, wow, this, this is something. So I drive across town and I go to this little farm store and I, I noticed there were a line of people lined up, these farmers in a small community in central Indiana were buying these little so-called miracle heaters, Bradley, and paying six, $700 a piece for them and buying two at a time, buddy. Now I've okay. been sourcing products in China since 2002. And so mm-hmm. I'm looking at this going, holy smokes, this thing can't cost more than a hundred dollars. You know, this is a great yeah. opportunity. I raced home, wiped out my, my big giant HP, looked like a 31 inch screen laptop. You know, the kind that you can heat your living room with if you run it all day. That you you didn't even need that other space heater then if you got one of those. Exactly. So I threw together this ugly website using Dreamweaver, and it was the same deal. It was, here's a phone number, call to order, and I put these heaters that I did not own, all right? I put these heaters on a website, and I think I did it for $379, call to order. And I put it, it was a Google ad. I mean, just simple okay. Google ad campaign where I was targeting some basic keywords. Within a few minutes... After my first ad was approved, which seems like it takes forever, you know, back in those days, it was like, boom, my phone rings and it's a call from Nebraska. I'm like, I don't know anybody from Nebraska. They're probably Uh trying to sell me a car warranty, right? So I let it go to voicemail. My phone rings immediately again. So I pick it up annoyed. and I'm like, what do you want? I'm busy. And this little old lady says, is this where I called to to order a space heater? And I was like, Uh holy smokes, it's working. Bradley. I quickly took her phone, her credit card over the phone using my wife's credit card system at her medical supply business and processed a card for three of those heaters because that was the limit. It was like $1,400 total with sales tax and shipping. And I hung up the phone and I thought, holy cow, there's something here. So I sold $1.6 million worth of these heaters within just a few short weeks and had no inventory. So I had to take our customer's money, fly over to China, put a deal together with a factory to expedite ocean freight over to Indiana and then distribute the heaters. Obviously we had to give a lot of refunds because it took about nine weeks to deliver, but it was just, uh, that was my first experience with this, the sheer amount of traffic available to us online. 
Guys, uh, don't try and do that today. Do not make an Amazon <laughs> listing when you haven't even sourced the product yet and have no idea how you're going to get it to customers. But this is still a good story. But we're not saying that this is the strategy to use for your Amazon business. But no. I, I like it. Any other cool don't stories really. from from those yeah. days? Well, just to reiterate what you said, it was a different it was a different ball game back then. Sure, you know, we were we were processing the cards. And, uh, you know, it was all in the fine print, six to eight weeks delivery and all that. Obviously, yeah. you can't get away with that today. But, uh, yeah, when I when I first – actually, that business, I built that business for about three years, see, 2008. I sold out to private equity in 2011. Had three young children still in diapers. And so mom and I took a vacation and, you know, I hung it up, retired for the second time in my life. Um, mm-hmm. At that point, I was 36 years old. Traveled around the country a little bit and got tired of changing diapers. So uh, when we finally settled back in, it was uh, September, August or September of 2013. And okay. I'd started dabbling a little bit with Amazon because I sold my warehouse. And when I sold the warehouse, we had all this extra product. I had 90,000 square feet at the time. So I started going wow. on Amazon as a, as a shopper. There's always this button that's calling my name. It says, sell one like it. So I, yeah. I finally listed a couple of products and bang, they sold. So I thought, holy cow, I'm not the only one buying on Amazon. So short story long, we're on vacation at our house in in Orlando. And my kids are playing with these little rubber, like these rainbow loom rubber band bracelet making kits. Do you remember those? (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So the brand name was Rainbow Loom, but they were selling on Amazon all these generic names for like $17, $19, $25. Well, being the king of sourcing, I thought, well, heck, I could probably get that for a dollar. So I started bringing those in and selling them. And at that point, I was piggybacking on all these different listings that were like generic, you know, non-name mm-hmm. brands. And so my whole theory here, and again, I'm not advocating this. This yeah, is just yeah, yeah. from ignorance. I, I, I did this. I thought, I'm sharing this buy box with 10 other sellers. This kind of sucks. What if I could be five of those 10 sellers? Then I get half of the action. So I opened uh-huh. up all these seller accounts and started, uh, started processing transactions where I was basically competing with myself. But uh-huh. I was owning the buy box 50% of the time. So that that was how I got started in the Amazon game. But I still hadn't started taking it serious yet. Okay. All right. So um, at, at this point, were, were you just, you know, was this your only kind of extra income? Obviously, you know, you, you were sitting pretty from from your proceeds from the previous businesses. So it's not yep. like you needed the money. But but was this your, your only endeavor as far as into the labor, uh, I guess, <laughs> was, was working on Amazon? Or, or did you did you have... Uh, other streams of income that you were doing? Well, no, just from investments because, you know, I just exited that business a few months prior. So what happened was the guy who is now my business partner with our company, Post Purchase Pro, Seth, which I think you've met him virtually. Mm-hmm. Seth had uh, worked as an intern in my company when I was, when I, before I sold my marketing business that we were doing heaters and other things. And he reaches out to me and he says, and this was probably October, November of 2013. He says, Hey, what are you doing? I'm looking for a mentor. Man, that text was a lifesaver, Bradley, because I was bored out of my mind, man. It's like it's in my blood. I have to be productive. I can't just sit around and change diapers all day. Nothing against moms that change diapers, but Uh I'll uh take my job any day, right? So Seth says, uh, I need a mentor. And I said, well, let's meet at Starbucks for a cup of coffee tomorrow for lunch. So Seth leaves his job. He's working in a cubicle at the Simon Properties there in Indianapolis. And he meets me at Starbucks. So I pull out my laptop and I proceeded to embarrassingly tell him that now I'm selling rubber bands out of my garage and I've done about a quarter million dollars in sales, uh, you know, in the last couple of months with these rubber bands. And it was embarrassing because when he worked for me, I had 140 employees, 90,000 square feet, you know, we're doing a couple hundred thousand a day in revenue. 
So it was a little embarrassing, but I showed him my seller central account and he says, wow, this, these are your sales. Are you profitable? I don't know if I'm profitable. I'm just doing it to have something to do. You know, I know I have a garage uh-huh. full of rubber bands and Amazon pays me every 14 days. So I told him what I was doing and he goes back to his cubicle apparently and puts it to work because he calls me that night, Bradley, and he says, Hey, you're onto something here. So what's going on? He said, I went back to my cubicle. I opened up a seller central account. I listed a couple of staplers I had on my desk for sale and they sold. He goes, we need to talk again. So short story long again, Seth and I decided to team up. I'll sell down my inventory. We'll partner up in January 2014 and we'll leverage the Amazon opportunity to identify, launch and grow, scale these brands up to what we consider a mature uh, maturity on Amazon and then sell off the brands. And that's when we started our business. Okay. Now, so now, you know, now, now we're kind of, you know, coming towards the modern times here and and strategies that we can actually use and things, but, but talk first of all, a little bit about, you know, you, you, to me are, you know, one of the experts on a lot of, uh, you know, customer psychology and things like that, uh, especially coming from the non Amazon background, uh, you know, can you come from, you know, like you said, marketing your whole life. And so you have a different perspective than just the people who are just starting on Amazon and might, might not come from that world. So, um, like what, what are some of the principles, uh, you know, that you've been implementing that they're like marketing principles on how you, how you kind of built brands up and, and what you think is like unique in your approach as yep. opposed to like, you know, the typical, the typical Amazon. So not, not that the way that other Amazon sellers are doing is wrong, but I think we, it's safe to say that your, your approach is definitely unique in the industry. It's definitely unique. And, you know, uh, um, I'm, I'm glad that this is not scripted because so many of these are scripted. So this is this is great. Your audience is going to love the story. So here's how it is. Right. Out of complete ignorance, Bradley, when I started the Amazon arena, I put a uh-huh. huge amount of, of uh, value in creating a relationship with each customer and building a customer list. In my previous business, our business literally depended on having what we call back-end marketing meaning I would yeah. not have survived, let alone be profitable if I didn't have a back-end system. And back-end, I just mean everything that happens after the initial sale. We now refer to this you know, as post-purchase marketing, meaning after the initial purchase. So mm-hmm. we were building email lists through our product launches, and the idea was to leverage the email list to get reviews and help rank our new product launches, right? Okay. So here's what happened. Uh, I don't know. Do you know our, our friend, uh, Charles Livingston, Dr. Charles, who uh, founder of Life Boost Coffee. So he's a, he's an Indiana native. He was in uh, Inc. Magazine last month with the fastest growing company. So him and Matt Clark have this have this coffee company. You know, it's called Life Boost. He walks into our office in mid 2014, and as he's sitting there, just just uh, you know, minding his own business while we were taking care, we're getting ready to do lunch. He noticed this big pile of warranty registration cards, postcards sitting on the desk, like in the, in the reception area, because we actually had a physical office back then with employees and everything. And he says, what is this? I said, well, these are warranty registration cards from this bedding product. We were selling a pillow at the time. He goes, wow, this is amazing. People actually send these in. We said, yeah, about 20% of the time. He goes, what do you do with it? I said, well, we just put them into a database and our goal is eventually we're going to use that to get product uh, reviews so that we can rank new products. He almost slaps me right in the spot. He goes, are you nuts? So what do you mean, Charlie? He said, do you realize how valuable these email addresses are? And I said, no, talk to me. What do you mean here? He goes, dude, my entire business is built on email marketing and follow-ups because they have a continuity program. It's a coffee membership. Yep. 
Yep. He goes, these emails are just the most valuable asset that you can have in this business. I said, well, what do I do with it? He goes, don't worry about it. I'm going to show you. So Charlie goes out. He creates our very first brand avatar known as the Sleepy Panda. You can look it up. Original Bamboo Pillow was the brand name. He creates a Sleepy Panda that's hanging out on a bamboo tree or a bamboo bush or whatever you call it. And he sends out this one email. All right. He just completely does it for us. You know, he's a cool guy. So the next day or the next day after he sent the email, apparently I didn't, I'd forgotten about it. You know, I said, okay, just go do it, Charlie. So I'm boarding a plane in, uh, in Atlanta, Georgia of all places, you know, like everything goes through Atlanta and Seth calls me, my partner, he goes, he goes, man, what did you do? I said, what are you talking about? He goes, log into the seller central app. So I pull up the seller central or seller app on my phone and it's blowing up. I mean, the sales were just spiking. I mean, a yeah. product that does six, $700 a day now has done $20,000 in like the first hour. He goes, what did wow. you do different? I was like, I didn't do anything. Shut the account down. We probably got hacked. Something's wrong. <laughs> I said, did you, what's, what are you guys doing different? He goes, well, the only thing I can think of is Charlie. I think he sent out an email about the sleepy panda. And sure enough, Charlie's email did over 20 grand in sales. The very first send and the list Bradley was only 25,000 people. So 25,000 person list from a warranty mm-hmm. registration created an additional more than $20,000 in revenue on our Amazon account, like immediately with one send. Yeah. Obviously I was sold. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's see, I mean that, that again, you know, Amazon, you know, w- w- we as Amazon sellers who have only been selling on Amazon, you know, we might not even think about, you know, email and, and follow up and post purchase because we know how strict Amazon is about on Amazon, you know, uh, communication, you know, and, and we've gotten less, you know, I don't, we never really had email addresses from Amazon, but you know, there was a time where, you know, you could get addresses and things like that and kind of build your own list. And even that kind of, you know, slowly went away because Amazon's very, very protective over communication. Um, so you got to think outside of the box. It's not that, Oh, nope. You know, the, it's impossible to communicate with, uh, seller or with buyers within terms of service. So I'm just not going to do it. No, there are different ways and, and people who, who don't come from the email marketing side and, and they don't understand the potential of how powerful having a, a list of not just a random list. I mean, there's people who just buy random lists out there and they can still get money right. out of that. But this is a you know list of people who have already been proven to, to interact and, and be interested in your, in your brand. So, yep. so then, you know, you, you saw that it was successful. So then, what was the next steps uh, for you guys to actually, you guys actually do it instead of, you know, just, just having a, a friend do that one off for you? Of course. So then we started putting a tremendous amount of effort, Bradley, in creating a, a customer avatar and brand loyalty and a relationship with every one of our brands. Now, Seth and I have created more than 53 successful brands on Amazon. We've sold 17 of those businesses to date, but sometimes we'll package those together more than one brand. Small deals, you know, as low as 450000 I think our biggest deal was just north of $10 million. So all over the place. So what made those, those businesses so valuable so quickly and so successful was the fact that we discovered, and you're ready for this, 41%, 41% of every dollar that we sold on Amazon came directly from our efforts to our existing customers, our post-purchase marketing efforts. So obviously we put a lot of effort in, into doing that. And so Seth and I, because we, we've always liked to, to give and train and share the opportunity, we started the local meetup meet group in Indianapolis. It used to be called Amazon Sellers Alliance, but I turned it over to someone else. I think they've changed the name since then. So we started sharing this opportunity and a lot of people are saying the exact same thing that you alluded to there. 
well, you're not allowed to speak to your Amazon customers. Well, mm-hmm. that's not true. You're not allowed to reach out to your Amazon customers and market to them through the Amazon platform. But yeah. if your customer reaches out to you as a seller, as a brand owner, because they decide they want to engage you and do more business and follow your brand, that's a totally different story. And that's why, you know, I would challenge you, Bradley, to find any consumer package product for sale on Amazon, any national name brand that doesn't have some contact information either in or on the packaging, if not both. See, what we do is we flip the script. We're not asking for something from our customer. I'm not sending, I'm not sending you to a web page and saying, Hey, leave me a review. Let me give you a free product. Let me twist your arm. Let me manipulate the ordering process or the review process. We're saying, Hey, look, Bradley, before you open this product and use it, you might want to go check out this safety video that shows you how to avoid the top seven mistakes that our other customers have made using our product. This is Mm -hmm. customer service. This is a value. This is what Amazon wants. This is what they love us for. And that's the difference. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So um, how does this affect your product research? You know, like everybody has their own methods of product research and what, what means opportunity you know, to them and not, but, but is your product research limited where in like you kind of like completely avoid niches or kinds of products where, where there's, you know, there's not really an opportunity for post product. Like for example, if you're just, you know, selling, you know, uh, Phillips, you know, screws that are for a specific kind of industrial thing. Like I can't imagine that that would be an opportunity for some kind of, of, of marketing or, or is, is, is it just, you know, you're able to do this method with, with any product? Well, almost with any product. Um, each product has to be, has a unique offering. Obviously I don't need to tell you what not to do with a claw hammer. You know, if you hit yourself on the thumb, it's going to hurt. So we, we take each product and we look at that differently and we try to come up with something that makes sense for that particular category. But when it comes to product selection, like you said, it's easy if you build the brand around a person, not around a product. You see what a lot of sellers get wrong, in my opinion, Bradley, and you know, I don't know everything, but <laughs> we've, we've launched over a thousand products on Amazon to date. So I've made a few mistakes. And what I mm-hmm. see sellers get wrong is they're focused on the product. And when they do find a product that sells and it's making money, what you don't understand is that you're just one step, just one stepping stone along that customer's specific journey. It's about the customer. It's not about the product. And if you stop and look at it and you ask yourself maybe, hey, what is the, the, the next most obvious purchase that this customer is going to require after they purchase my pillow? Maybe it's a sleep mask or we used to sell a weighted hula hoop. You know, a weighted hula hoop was a brand new product. The demand was crazy. No one was meeting it on Amazon. When I launched that product, though, it took off almost immediately using some of the strategies that I've shared with you in in recent sessions. But what we understood was that that customer was on a journey. Bradley, you're not just going to go out and buy a weighted hula hoop on a whim, right? You're on a journey. Maybe it's fitness. Maybe it's weight loss, you know, or whatever. So what is the obvious product that you may purchase before that? And what is the obvious product that you probably or most likely purchase after that hula hoop? Maybe it's a gym membership. You're on a fitness journey. You need some running shoes. You need a, a heart rate monitor. You Maybe you need a yoga mat, a water bottle, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I think where sellers are getting this wrong when it comes to product selection is you just find a product that's hot. You launch it. You say, okay, I'm, I'm a me too. I'm going to get a, a piece of that market. But what you don't understand is that there's a real person on the other side of the transaction. A person that if you give them the right opportunity 
and you create a scenario where they want to engage with you, you can create brand loyalty and an asset, also known as a customer list, that you can easily leverage to launch your next product and each subsequent product after that. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So, So you know, we got got about 10, 15 minutes left here, but you had like an hour and a half presentation about some of these strategies. And we we, were kind of talking uh, in general about it, but I want to dive in on on a certain aspect of it. So I'm going to leave it to you, like which part of, of, of this, do you think, uh, you know, we, we can cover in like the next 10 minutes that you think that, you know, people can take away some, some actionable, uh, uh, you know, Intel here. I know exactly what to talk about. I call it my Amazon listing value stack. And in the book, which I'm going to share with you, I have some sitting over here. We talk about making a mafia offer and a mafia yeah. offer, you know, at the end of the day, it's an offer Bradley that a customer can't say no to. All right. So I, I couple the mafia offer on Amazon with list building. So I'll give you a real quick hack on how you can build a massive list at the same time, create a listing on Amazon that can't be competed with. Is that fair enough? It sounds good. Yep. All right. So what we do is we take the product that we're selling and we will pair that product with other non-competing products that we can find through affiliate networks. And then we create a value stack inside the listing. So for example, and I think I shared this example with you in in LA, right? So if you want to sell, say, a pizza stone, instead of launching the pizza stone, we'll launch another product that's in the same category, but it's a lower barrier product. In that scenario, we used a pizza cutting wheel because Amazon shows that they're frequently bought together or, you know, buy, buy it with type of section now. So we launched the pizza wheel at a breakthrough price, but to add so much pressure and value to the pizza wheel listing, we paired that with an affiliate offer where Domino's Pizza was allowing us to give away a coupon where you as a buyer could cash that in or redeem that for a free pizza at Domino's. So not only are you buying a pizza wheel for $7.99 when everyone else is $12.99, $19.99, but you also get a free $17 medium pizza from Domino's. What that does is it makes that mafia offer. It creates tremendous value. It doesn't cost you any more as a seller. doesn't cost them any more as a buyer, but it makes your product stand above all others out there, jumping up and down, screaming, hey, buy me. You're not going to find a better offer out there. Not to mention, Bradley, Domino's has to deliver the pizza when your customer redeems it. You don't have to touch it. You don't have to deliver it. You yep. don't have to support it. And then Domino's pays you one, two, or three dollars as an affiliate commission for helping them build their marketing list. Here's where it gets beautiful. How does your customer get the free pizza? Well, you have what we call an attention getting marketing device that rides along inside of your pizza cutter or whatever you're selling and says, hey, you you qualify for this free gift, whatever that gift is. Scan the QR code, text here, or go to this URL to claim. So that URL takes them to your landing page that you've created where the customer can't just grab his coupon code. He's got to opt in with a phone number or an email address, whatever makes Mm -hmm. sense for your business. And then that redemption code is then sent by email. So the next page says, hey, we've just sent you an important email, Bradley. Go check your inbox. This is what it looks like. So you go to your inbox, you grab your redemption code. Next time you're out, you drive by a Domino's, you stop in, you redeem that coupon for a free pizza. What did we gain? We gained you as a, as a conversion, a click-through and a conversion on Amazon to spike our ranking and our sales velocity, right? We're showing Amazon that we're important, that we're relevant, that we're trustworthy, and that our listing is converting. Number two, we collect your email address. Now we can market other pizza products along your customer journey. And then yeah. Domino's 
you, as a customer, you get a free pizza, which is tremendous value, and Domino's collects you as a customer for their marketing list. Everyone wins, and those less savvy sellers out there are left in the cold wondering how in the heck you beat them at their own game with the same product at a lower price. They'll never know, but only you and I know yeah. the secret, right? So, so then the the process, if we were to break it step by step, like if we're thinking about the, the product research or, uh, you know, in, initial research to find out what is going to be your main product, mm-hmm. maybe the product that you find is that that pizza stone. But then mm-hmm. instead of just going in and, and, and launching that, what you do is you take a step back and say, all right, what what is maybe more of an entry level product, you know, that people who would be interested in this pizza stone would be interested in. That's where you go with that pizza cutter. And then that one, at that point, you launch that first, but you're not trying to make money. What you're doing is you're trying to, to get brand followers and, and, and gather email addresses. And then, so after you decide what that secondary product is, now you go maybe bring in some kind of offer from outside. Like you said, the free Domino's pizza bundle it. And then by the time you build up, you know, your list and, and, and have, you know, have a, a good customer list. Now, at that point, is when you are ready to launch your original product research, which is that 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 pizza stone. Exactly, exactly. And now, the with the product. pizza stone, are you still doing any kind of bundle, or, or at this point, you're just fine offering the pizza stone because you've got this 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 list of customers? Well, we've identified the pizza stone, Bradley, as a as a possible opportunity. That's a massive mm-hmm. opportunity on Amazon, but the problem is. It's highly competitive. It's heavy. It's high MOQ. It's just high barrier to entry. So the idea is to take a step backwards and find something that's easier. Get some low-hanging fruit, generate a ton of sales, and then for those opt-ins, you you use those opt-ins to launch the pizza stone. With that pillow business we talked about earlier, we sold that. When we launched that pillow, we didn't start with the pillow. We started with a sleep mask, you know, cheap cut and sew product that we sold for like $4.99. We sold 250,000 sleep masks. So that we generated a, a buyer list of 50,000 because we had about 20% opt-ins on our landing page. So now we have 50,000 customers who already know, like, and trust us. That's who we launched the pillow to. This works every single time. It's what all the big companies are doing. There's yeah. a reason why, why does McDonald's want you to download their, their smartphone app? Why does Burger King want you to download their app? Not, they don't want to give you a free Whopper. What they want to do is market to you in the most personal way possible. And that's your phone that's in your pocket. Okay. Now, you know, some people might hear a number that you just threw out there about 20% opt-in rate and call some of my initials <laughs> BS on that. Like that might not seem reasonable to some. So obviously that's not, not random. You guys have some, some techniques you're using. How in the world are you in this day? Like me personally, I don't opt in almost anything. Like, like, right. you know, I barely look at, you know, the package I get and, and Amazon and, and, and a lot of my, my follow-up, you know, if people are following up, you know, I don't really look at many of those. So, so my percentage <laughs> personally as a buyer is definitely not 20% of, of, of whatever people are, are trying to get me to do something. I'm doing it. So how in the world are you guys able to maintain product after product, very, uh, a 20% opt-in rate? It's very simple. You make a mafia offer. So let me ask you, you were with me in Mexico, right? Mm-hmm. There were 38 people in that room when I made the offer. All right. Three of them were AV people. So that leaves Mm -hmm. 35. All right. Including my guys. How many opt-ins do you think I got when I made the offer? Did you opt into my offer? Uh, You gave me the book already, so I didn't have to opt in on it. 
we had uh, we had thirty. Actually, it was more than that. No, it was. We had thirty four opt ins. You're gonna make me go to Sin Lane and see. So if more than twenty percent. You had like ninety <laughs> percent. Yes, it's all about the offer. Here's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. You have to make an offer that screams, "Hey, this is too good to be true. You better jump yeah. on it. It's going away tomorrow." If you'll remember when I made the offer in that presentation, yep. I said, "What you're seeing right here, you're never gonna see again." In fact, we're yep. removing these slides from the presentation to law. He said, yes, I'll yep, do that. I remember that. Scan the QR code, look in the room. Were you in there? Every single person had their phone out. There are two yep, people yep, in that yep. room who didn't opt in. And I'm still looking for them if you figure out who they are. Uh-huh. You, you got to huh. make an offer that's about the customer. You have to make an offer that says, hey, this is tremendous value. You can't pass it up. It's not about you, the seller. This is about them, the buyer. What's in it for them? I don't know if you're giving away a VIP package, if you're opting into an extended warranty, if you're showing me how to use the product, how not to use the product. It has to be strategic. It's not one size fits all. Every single product, every offer is unique. One thing that I noticed, you know, that that also helps is not not just the offer, but sometimes maybe they don't even see the offer. You know, there, there's a there's a percentage of people who who are just like, hey, I'm just looking at the title. Here's the price. I just need this product. I'm going to get it. I didn't even realize they're offering a you know free Domino's or something. But but you you guys are doing some pr- pretty unique things on on your insert cards where you showed me a couple of insert cards. Like I never even I was like, how is <laughs> this even like a thing? I didn't even know one? this is a thing. Can you t- I have a pile of them right here. Would you like to see? <laughs> <laughs> well, just describe it. Most of our listeners, there's a few who are watching this on YouTube, but most okay. most are just listening. So if you can just kind of like right. verbally describe uh, what some of these uh, are. Well, first of all, don't call it a product insert. There's so many mm-hmm. Facebook groups out there that give product inserts a bad name. Oh, I heard yep, about yep. a guy who heard about a guy who heard about a gal who got her account shut down. Well, yeah, uh-huh. dummy. They're asking for reviews and a product insert. That's a no-no. What we do is we, we call it an attention-getting marketing device. This is a device that demands attention. Maybe if you have a supplement product, we put a sticker on top of the bottle. The sticker is a bright red sticker and it says, stop before using this product. See important safety instructions here. Well, hello, (laughs) that screams value, right? That's customer service. When you got ready to open our our compressed uh, bamboo memory foam pillow, it said, stop before opening this pillow, go check out this safety instruction video that shows you how to avoid the top three mistakes that our other customers have have made using this product. Mm-hmm. When you when you open one of our one of our products, it's about the presentation. I don't care if there's a business card. This is here this is a stupid product insert that I had recently in a product. Uh-huh. It's even in uh, what I call, you know, broken English. It's it's written by a Chinese supplier. If you're satisfied with good, please give me five star. This is stupid, man. You have to uh-huh. What, uh-huh. what what's in it for me to give you a five star review? Tell me yeah. what John gets out of the deal. Our product, right. our uh, attention-getting marketing device gets more attention than the daggone product that you bought. It literally <laughs> jumps out at you when you open it. You know, some of the inserts I shared with you live, they would just bounce out of the box, you know, and like, whoa, yeah. what is this? And it's a mafia. They literally just bounce. Like like he gave one. I remember he, he was just <laughs> holding it. You open the box and th- this, this paper like literally jumps into 3D form and like, pops out of the box and it falls on the ground. It was pretty, it was pretty crazy. You can't, you can't miss it. I have it somewhere over here. Uh, the marketing inserts, I got them all over the place, but yeah, when you slide mm-hmm. the insert, boom, it pops out and it's an offer. It's like, Hey, read me. How can you ignore that? You yeah. Know, especially yeah. if it's bright red, has a stop sign on it. It says caution, you know, anything, anything you can, you can, you can use to get the customer's attention and always, always, always make it about them. It's never about you. 
Remember, yeah, yeah. as a consumer, I'm selfish. My favorite radio station is WFM. What's in it for me? I don't care about Bradley the seller. I care about Sean the buyer. So make it yep. a no-brainer. I love it. I love it. Are you? You know what? You know uh, we have a lot of Helium Ten uh, users, obviously, who, who listen and and they're familiar, maybe not familiar with our with our tool called Portals. And so that's our landing page builder, and uh, we also have a follow up tool. And so what I'd like to do, you know, Sean, I, I want to connect you with some of our product managers. Let's see if we can get like a te- you know a, a template. That, and sometimes we, we put somebody's name on it. Like, like there's a couple uh, people from the space who actually have their name on our tool on some of these templates. We're gonna have the Sean Hart template on <laughs> on maybe you know uh, insert or on a follow-up. And and let's l- l- let's connect you guys after this call and and see how you know how Helium 10 can can help with this with this process because this is something I would I would venture to say 99% of sellers are not using some of these strategies you're talking about. For, for your video watchers, here's that insert. Watch what happens okay. when you pop this out. Pay attention. It's going to happen quickly. Boom. Boom. Two boxes come out. out of- completely customizable. Amazing. Put something on there that gets my attention. Screams opt-in because I'm going to get tremendous value. So that was yeah. for your video watchers. I love it. I love it. All right. Now, um, just do you have? I mean, you, you you talked about that offer for that you had for Mexico, and then I saw you had one also for our elite workshop. You got anything for our, our listeners today, uh, so we can like put the what we're talking about in in in, uh, in practice here? Absolutely. First of all, I want you, Bradley, to finish this book, Private Label Millionaire Secrets, because as soon as you now do, that I will, now that I had you on the podcast, you know, like people <laughs> think it's BS that I say, oh yeah, this is unscripted and and like I I I don't want to know these things before. Like obviously, I knew a lot about what you talk about just because I was there. But I'm like, I, I want to stop there because I want to find out stuff. And today I found out stuff that I wouldn't have known or I would have already known about if I had read the book. But now I got to learn about it with everybody else. But but yeah, now that you've been on the podcast, now I can actually sit down and, and read the book. So yep. so you're giving people opportunity also to read the book. Yep. I'll, yeah. Read the book. I mean, it's cheap. It's 99 cents on Kindle, three ninety nine paperback. We didn't do it for the money. You know, it's just a tremendous Perfect. value. Um, it's, it's my uh, magnum opus when it comes to writing. My first book stinks. So this one's great. So I have something special for your listeners. First of all, my partner and I, so we do a weekly podcast published every Monday. It's called the post purchase podcast, where we talk specifically about strategies that we've used to build our businesses and more specifically how we use post purchase marketing. Like we're talking about here today to build a list and things like that. So you can find that on any of the platforms, post purchase podcast. Now for anyone listening today, all right. I'll show you, I'll, I'll allow you to watch a complete video walkthrough of what I call the Amazon listing value stack and three more secret strategies that's helped my partner and I hit 1 million in sales within the first 18 months of starting out on Amazon. We didn't take any formal courses or anything. We created all this stuff on our own. I've still not purchased an Amazon seller course. So you're going to love it. You can get that at postpurchasepro.com slash Brad. And these are, like I said, the Amazon listing value stack, which we alluded to earlier, you get an in-depth view of that, as well as three other core strategies. That's really been the uh, cornerstone of our success at postpurchasepro.com slash B-R-A-D for bread. I love it. I love it. All right. So, guys, uh, this this is great stuff. You know, hopefully, uh, Sean is coming out to sell and scale, and and you'll see me. He's kind of hard to miss. He's about seven foot seven, uh, and uh, you <laughs> well, know, you, you can definitely you know hit him up. He's got the post purchase pro shirt wherever he goes. So hit him up for more of these strategies. Now, one last thing I just wanted to to kind of mention here. You know, you, you brought your is it fifteen year old son, 14, 15? son, Cash, yeah. <laughs> 
15-year-old son, you know, with you on some of these trips and, and have mentioned that you know, he, he's running now his own businesses <laughs> online. So number one, how, how did you get him interested at a young age, yep. you know, to, to like be even want to start his own business? And, and like, you know, what advice can you give to other parents out there who like, you know, Amazon sellers, you know, they, they want to get their, their family interested in these things too. But it's not always, uh, you know, like my kids couldn't care less about, <laughs> I mean, I make them work <laughs> and put right. FBA labels and stuff like that, but it's not something they're really yep. passionate about. But but how do you get your kids interested in, in, in becoming entrepreneurs? Well, it's not something that comes natural. Um, I actually have four children, three younger ones. Uh, Cash is the oldest of the younger batch. Uh, he's 15. Um, and I think this is the big mistake that I see other parents make is we're not willing to take our children out and put them in the mix. Like you see, I brought yeah. my son to Mexico. I brought him to LA to meet you. I've taken him to China three times. We used to do the China trips. I had this kid writing purchase orders at 11 years old, buying product, regardless of whether they sell or not, just for the game of it. And the secret, uh -huh. I don't tell my son this, he doesn't even care about the money. The money is irrelevant to him. He wants to be in the game. He wants to create value and prove that he can create funnels. This kid's doing SMS text marketing. He's doing back-end email marketing. He's building massive lists with his physical products business. And he doesn't care one single, I mean, he doesn't put any effort in making money. To him, mm -hmm. it's just a passion. So I think it lives in him because I've exposed him to people like you, yeah. Bradley, and other amazing, brilliant entrepreneurs out there. And he sees what's going on. So for him, it's normal. You know, it's normal yeah. for, for a kid that doesn't grow up around that. It looks strange. You know, it's foreign to them. Like he's going out here trying to raise a half a million dollars from a local investor, not because he needs the money. It's because he wants to challenge. And, and Bradley, he just doesn't know that he's not supposed to go ask for half a million dollars from a local investor. He just doesn't know yeah. any better. And I love it. I love watching him grow. As you can see, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, yep. just crazy proud of him. And so my advice is put them in the mix. You know, a lot yeah. of people won't even take the kids to events. They leave them with a babysitter. I'm with mine 24 yep. yep. seven, man, around the clock. He's actually right outside the door there watching me do this. I love it. All of it. All right. Well, Sean, thank you for uh, so much for bringing uh, your value and, and the unique viewpoints and, and strategies and, and uh, one more time, what's the link and how people can you know find you on the interwebs and get that offer from you guys? The the number I want to leave you with, Bradley, is forty one percent. Historically, of one hundred fifty three million dollars that we sold on Amazon, forty one cents of every dollar came from doing post purchase marketing with a customer list. You can get all this information at postpurchasepro.com slash Brad. There's only one hiccup. We just ask for an email address because we want to give you ongoing value. Opt out anytime you want. But I put that together especially uh, for you and your audience here. And I cannot thank you enough. My heart goes out to the entire community. I love what you're doing here. We'll support you any way we can. I'd love to come back, Bradley. Thanks. I appreciate it. All right. We'll see you later, Sean. Hopefully in September. Thank you.